Amazon, Disney, California. Ahead on the Turned On Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, we are in tough times. The enemy lurks. Your adversary is a roaring lion seeking to devour. If your marriage and your kids mean anything to you, you're going to want to listen to this episode of the Turned On Podcast. Coming on next, we give you solutions, right, Angelique? Solutions to some of the toughest problems out there today. Stay tuned for the Turned On Podcast right now. Hello, and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori, and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on. Here we go. Oh, yeah, you know, we are dedicated. <laughs> Say it again, Inge. Dedicated. Say it again dedicated. With, with, with your black belt authority. Dedicated. We are dedicated to marriage. We are dedicated to family. If those things are important to you, you're in the right place. Committed. 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 You got it. All in. Let's break it down. There's a lot going on. First of all, my friends, I said Amazon, Disney, and California. Convenience, fun, and beauty. Amazon is the most convenient thing that has ever happened to shopping. Ah, Yes, it is. Disney World, I absolutely love it. It is so much fun. And California is probably the most beautiful state that I've ever visited in my life. Yep. What do you think the devil would do if he had a choice? If he said, look, I'm going to make tough, really tough decisions for you. I'm going to make something so beautiful. I'm going to make something so convenient. I'm going to make something so fun that you can't say no. Well, the devil mixes lies with truth, right? So what feels true and feels right to us and feels good is going to be mixed with a lie. That is what the enemy does. That's what he did in the garden. That's what he's done through all throughout history in the Bible. And um, he's not... He's not obvious. He's subtle. You know, he's not in a red suit with horns and a tail with a pitchfork with blazing fire. He is going to come in the form of something that feels good, that is, that's simple and easy and uh, beautiful. And he was the most beautiful angel. He was music. He wasn't the angel of music. He was music. He was adorned in, in, Jewels and beauty and music. Imagine, imagine how we can be so lured and so pulled into things that will slowly chip away and destroy the things that we value the most because of convenience, fun, and beauty. And look, don't get your pennies in a bunch if we yep. start talking about California. I'm not. I'm talking about the policies. Yeah. And if you love the policies and you're there, then, hey, 
Okay, I'm open for debate. What I'm talking about is their control through the pandemic with the school system time after time, uh, whether it be the mask, whether it be the mandates. And, and this is this is coming from a guy who grew up in Florida, lives in Florida. So yeah, I'm going to be biased. But what I'm a friend said this yesterday. We were talking about what's going on in California. We're talking about, you know, the Oscars, which I don't want to jump on that bandwagon, but it's hard not to. I did not watch, but we all know what happened in the Oscars this week. But, you know, they take place in California. I had somebody kind of take offense to the fact that I said, let's stop listening to actors, and they didn't like that because they're from California. And look, I know you're not supposed to paint with an extremely broad brush, but let's let's we have to be able to judge them by their fruit. Mm-hmm. And and you'd have to be blind to ignore the fact that the most people are moving, it, the number one state for people exiting it. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for that. I yeah. mean, we can lie to ourselves. And if you live there and I'm your friend and I love you, this is not an attack on you. You know what's no, going on. You see it in your not. backyard. The last time I left LA, what did I tell you, Angelique? That you would never step foot there again. Why? Well, there was a number of reasons, but one of the main ones, as you were leaving, I think it was on the way to the airport or your last day there, um, there was a billboard for the show Lucifer, which is like one of the most popular shows. And you're just sitting there going, wow, this is like, this, this is what, you know, is adorned over, over the biggest highways and some of the biggest highways in the country. Like this is what the most eyeballs are looking at right now. So look, we know that. There's probably billboards for that in other places. Of course. But I'm, I'm just saying it's a gorgeous place. It is. Listen to me here. We if, wanted if the, to move there at one yes. point. Yes. And we have a lot of good friends. If That's the, right. If the devil were going to use something, but it's so it's so pretty. But it's like Nineveh, too. Like, you got to think about the people. I, I really want to honor the people, yeah. that the, our brothers and sisters that are there that love the Lord. They're like, they're holding down fort. Like, they're trying to create a revival uh, you know, in their in all of their humanness with co-creating with God, they are that is the Nineveh. They've been called yeah. to that land, and I have got to take my hat. I couldn't, I don't think I could do it. I mean, but we look we look at the people there that are making decisions, the news. Yes, yeah, totally. You know, we we look at at San Francisco. We look at how they're 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 just taxing people to death. We look at how they uh, you know do as I say, not as I do. We saw yeah. the Super Bowl there. All the celebrities unmasked, but the workers masked. So yeah. look again. We say this over and over again because Angelique and I are not here to offend anybody or hurt anybody. Definitely but not. we're not here to, to turn a blind eye and pretend like we don't see something happening. And the same thing for Disney. Mm-hmm. You know? Here's the thing. I, I, I don't want to put this at nauseum, but we've been going to Disney, and we've mentioned this on several podcasts, and our kids love Disney, and we have to make a stand. Yeah. You know? We have to make a stand. And, and the kids, they don't understand, and Disney knows that, and the devil knows it. Mm-hmm. The devil knows that your kids are going to be, but mom and dad, mm-hmm. but I love that show. They're going to be like, but it seems so innocent. There's nothing wrong with it. And we've had this it's conversation. It's so magical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And who's the devil going to go through? The parents or the children? The children. He's going to go through the children because the children tug on the parents' heartstrings. Well, and, it, it and how innocence. many times have we tried to put our foot down, and we haven't yet, but this was the final straw. Final straw. It was the final straw, and here's why. Um, look, like David said, we've been going there. We go there every year for David and Ella's birthday. David's been going every year since he was one. But here's the thing. We, families like ours, families like yours have built the empire of what Disney World is today. So when we start catering to things that eventually 
do not speak to the values of our families, then we, we have to say, well, where do we draw the line? Like, I don't want Disney parenting my children. I don't want to have to have conversations prematurely with my children um, that I wasn't ready to have or they shouldn't, she shouldn't be ready to have. There's an innocence to my children that we want to protect. There's, there's an honest conversation that I want to have with my kids in a way that um, is biblical. And I don't want it to be introduced to my children through Disney World or Disney movies or anything Disney. And what here's the thing, like the only way the enemy continues to win is for families like yours and ours to turn a blind eye and pretend like it's not happening for the sake of a week of convenience in Disney World, Mm -hmm. for the sake of an hour and a half to watch a movie, for the sake of convenience because we needed something dropped off at our doorstep, for the sake of whatever. And that's the thing. We We allow for the enemy to gain ground inch by inch by inch until we wake up one day and go, It's too late. Now, it's never too late for God, but we can get really, really behind the eight ball and behind enemy lines when when we turn a blind eye, when we ignore, when we have plausible deniability, right? Yeah, yeah. And and here's the thing that we have to remember. We have to remember this. Um, when, you know, Martin Luther, he's a reformist, right? And, we, and we, we can say, okay, you know, that was a long time ago. But, you know, sometimes people are quoted for things that are really smart. And, and Martin Luther basically says, if you preach about all those things, if you preach the gospel and all the errors and all the things except the ones that are currently happening right now, the most important ones in your generation, you leave those out, then you're really not preaching the gospel at all, Okay. And he also said, I'm afraid that the schools will prove the very gates of hell. Think about this. In the mid-1500s, he says, I'm afraid that the schools will prove the very gates of hell unless the diligently labor in explaining the scriptures, engraving them in the heart of the children. Okay, so what we have here is, he again, first, listen, he says this, if you preach the gospel in all aspects with exception of the issues which deal specifically in your time, then you're really not preaching the gospel at all. Yeah. What that means is, look, this podcast isn't for everybody. No. You know, we've done our best here, and I think you can hear it in our voices. We've really done our best not to not to demonize people who are on the opposing side of this. Never. But state, you, d- you did it very eloquently, and You stated your position as a parent. I just, and, and this is what happens is, when we're mixing words and, and we're just going based on emotion, you know, identity politics on emotion, and, and Ron DeSantis, that's why I loved him, because somebody tried to say this is the don't say gay law, and, and he stopped that, and he said, no, it doesn't say that. Yeah. And they, and they kept going, and he said, I'm, I'm not going to let you bully me into saying something that it's not. Yeah. All it says is we're not going to teach elementary school kids sexuality that's That's not for us and if look if you're a parent and you don't see that then i feel sorry for you if you're not a parent yet then maybe i can i can justify but if you're a parent i don't want anybody talking to my kids about that except me that's right and that's what we so every look and what david is saying that we're trying to remember you know and and do in a way that honors everyone just like someone else has their position on something 
so do I. And I reserve that right as a parent to my daughters. I reserve that right to have that position of authority in their lives. No government, no entity, no man, no policy, no anything should have reserved that right for my children. So do not awaken the lioness in me as a mother and mothers all across America and globally that will then be your ultimate wrath. Because just as you hold true to your positions, I hold true to mine and I reserve the right to do that. Amen. And so do you as a father. Again, I can't tell you how delicately we're, we're trying to, we have to take a stand. And, and I will preach the gospel because these are the most important issues. You know, I'm not going to be the guy who does a golf clap in church when my preacher stands up and puts the gospel to the people because we've been taught by culture that you're not allowed to clap for that. In other words, you know what? You keep yourself to yours, and I'll keep myself to mine, but let's not cross that line, okay? Well, we were so we were sitting with our friends last night, and, and Josh said something about, you know, what, what church, like what the church should be, like the, you know, the bride of Christ and what leadership should be in the church. It's like two wings of a bird, right? So there's the inner, like God is, God's a spirit, right? So he is everything from like in a man's position, like strength, honor, leadership, uh, dignity, you know, all of the things that take a stand for something. And then he's also peace, love, joy, patience, right? So we're, we have to remember that it comes from both sides. So just as we take a hard stand on something, we are also saying it with love and peace and truth. It's two wings of the same bird. And we can't forget that there are some churches that are just loving and peaceful and kind and don't take, but they don't take a stand. Like there's another side of God there's another side of have his spirit that takes a stand that is firm in his word. He's firm. Yeah. He's very firm. If somebody invited you to a party and you showed up and you got there and they said, where's your ticket? And they would say, well, I didn't know I needed one. Well, that's not your, is, in other words, here's what, here's the thing that happens when we, when we preach the gospel. If, if this is, you know, a, an issue that is so important to you, you have to take a stand and and it's important because the word says, you know, don't be lukewarm. It, it's it's pretty obvious. And I don't want people to get to the to the gate and they say, "Well, I didn't know." Yeah. Um the person said that it was okay. That's an earthly person. What does the word say? You know, and and that brings us right to the next one. We talk about Amazon. Angelique Amazon is the most powerful, well, one of the most powerful companies on the planet yes, right now. Correct. Okay, Jeff Bezos, ex-wife Mackenzie Scott, this past week, donates $275 million to Planned Parenthood. Ugh. The largest donation ever to Planned Parenthood. And, and hey, if she believes in that, that's okay. Again, yeah. I'm not trying to force somebody right. against my will, I mean against their will, but what I am saying is what gets me, she said, because there's a lot of underrepresented people. And immediately I thought, what about all those poor, helpless, defenseless babies That's right. that are unrepresented? They're the that, most that we know, that we know. And anybody that looked into Planned Parenthood, if you looked into who started it, and you look into its roots, the woman who started it, is not a good person. Mm-hmm. Not a good person. Mm-hmm. 
And so here's here's what we need to look at is, again, the convenience. And I looked at Angelique and I said, you know we get Amazon all the time. Mm-hmm. Look at where this money is going to. People say, hey, you know what? If you don't like something, vote. Use your vote right. to make a decision. And then they say what? Vote with your what? Dollars. Vote with your dollars. Mm-hmm. But the devil and his workmen and his accomplices have made it so convenient. They've infiltrated the parts of our life that we have the hardest time saying no to. Disney, beautiful vacation spots like California where everybody wants to go visit. Hollywood, we'll group that in Hollywood, the movies with California. Correct. And and Amazon, the most convenient thing. Yeah. If we don't vote with our dollars, I told you that I would never step foot in that state again, even if they were going to give me an award. <laughs> okay, now, look, I was upset at that time. And, and look, you know, I don't want to be one of those people who backtracks on something. And, yeah. and when I make claims like that, I'm thinking, you know what? I want to be able to stick to my word. I'm not going to be one of those people that says something and then does something differently. I'm not writing California off for the rest of my life. And again, I'm trying to, I know it's a huge state and there are a lot of good people there. And I Oh, yeah. But what I'm saying is, my friends, is we have People to know them by their fruit. There. Where's the fruit? Where's the Amazon fruit? Where's the Disney fruit? Where's the California fruit? These are major, major players in the economy, major players yeah. in our court system, major players in our government. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you talk about electoral votes... Yeah. When you talk about policies, when you talk about, you know, the mayor of California is much bigger than, you know, uh, I mean, the mayor of L.A. is much bigger than than the mayor of, like, you know, some town in the Midwest. Let's be honest, right? Some little town. Oh, yeah. So there's extremely large amounts of power there. It's funny because in the movie Lucifer, and I, I researched this in my book, Lucifer was... Is it a movie or a show? It's a show. Okay. That According to 2021, Netflix, the most the most watched show stream show Lucifer. why like do you, what does that tell you what it tells me is that the bible is true what it tells me is the bible is true so if you ever had a question in your mind that their bible wasn't true look at all of the things that are continually to happen you can't write more evil like meaning in in our flesh we couldn't create something where it's where bad is good and good is bad the way that the bible told us it would be we're we're things that are perceived as good or evil and vice versa. This is what's happening. So Lucifer, the number one streamed show. Yeah. Uh, no, so there's two, there's two categories. There's, there's original and then there's just, uh, you know, stream. And, and the other one is, is, um, is one of those crime shows. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's the same thing. And, you know, as you, as you look up things, and you look up statistics, right, and you go to Google, I mean, if you're going to go look at Planned Parenthood, the first, you know, the first 10 pages are probably going to be from Planned Parenthood mm-hmm. telling you what, what good things they do. So you have to go to, like, pro-life facts, right? And you have to go to places where, where we talk about these things. And these are hard subjects to talk about, you know? These are things that we, we, need, to, we need to speak up. I, I think what ha- would happen is... If anybody would actually know, like you can have what we talked about last week, plausible deniability, right? But if if people don't want to know, just like war, people will sit there and they'll, they'll take a side, but they don't really want to know. They don't want to know what goes on. Yeah. You know, there, there's there's a lot of things that people say, well, 
if I just pretend like I don't know about it and stay ignorant to it, then it's much easier for me to take my side. You know, if you forced everybody to watch what Planned Parenthood does and what an abortion, oh. I mean, it's it's almost tough to talk about and think oh. about. But if if you did, you couldn't. It's no. it's like watching something on TV. You can't turn away from it. No. Oh. You know, like we've been watching the John Kennedy thing because we visited the Kennedy uh, uh, assassination, the museum, you know, yeah. museum. And once you see that, it's 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 just ingrained in your memory. Yeah. Okay. So once you see something, so we can't be a culture that turns our head to things. We can't be like Martin Luther says. We can't preach the gospel and say, well, you know, what this is a really touchy subject, um, and it's really by uh, it's really you know breaking apart the country. So we just better leave it out. And that's what a lot of that's what a lot of churches are doing. It's what a lot of pastors are doing is they don't want to touch these hard subjects, yeah. you know, and, well, and we, we have to protect ourselves. That's, you know, look, being turned on is, is seeing with new eyes, but also how many times we've said when you turn on a light, it obliterates darkness, but it also exposes the things that have been hiding in the shadows. So when, when we have things like this that hide in the shadows that we know are there, but we ignore, or we just kind of tolerate, or we, you know, push aside or pretend like we don't have to deal with, or we kind of become apathetic to then, then we're not being turned on. We're not like, because we're not, we're not facing the, the things that are slowly creeping their way into the light. And they do that because they gain ground when you don't flip the switch, they gain ground, right? Like one dust bunny becomes two becomes 10 becomes a (laughs) hundred. And I'm just using that like, that's what happens when you don't get your house in order. Um, w- imagine, imagine if you had a rat problem or a roach problem or whatever. Like all it does is, if you're not paying attention, pretty soon you have an infestation, and that's what's going on. It becomes an infestation into our minds, into our homes, into our values, into our policies, into our conveniences, into the way we do life, and then all of a sudden we are like, how do we end up here? Yeah. How do we end up here? Because you allowed an infestation. Why? Because you didn't take care of the problem and nip it in the bud by flipping the switch, turning the light on, obliterating it from your life or from, you know, as best as you possibly can. Because again, there are people taking a stance on the other side. Okay, fine. It doesn't belong in my home. It doesn't belong in my home. And I'm, I'm just going to choose for it to not belong in my home. But you know what? Respect me. Respect that that's my choice and my decision. I don't want your forced policies and and ideologies on me just as much as I'm not going to force mine onto you. So unless you give me an open door to give you that invitation, something that's peaceful and loving, I'm not going to accept the ones that I find intrusive. Well, you know, again, if we're looking for statistics, and it's really hard to find sometimes, but it says Planned Parenthood sets a new record for abortions in a single year in 2020. Ugh. Now, their contributions were down um, in, in 2019, but, you know, the, the, the priority re- there really is. I mean, there wouldn't, no one would even talk about it if it wasn't. If they were really performing w- women's services, I mean, mm. that's what people are talking about it for. And this is a tough subject. This is a really tough subject, but... You can't just, you can't look the other way. Like 345,000 abortions from October 2017 to September 2018, so in a year. Um, and, and here's the thing. We want to help people. We want to do things the right way. But we have to start doing a better job of educating. And, and look, let's be personal. We've been married for 11 years. We've never used birth control. We have three children. 
Okay. Like, like you can do it. You know, like yeah. we, we know, like, it's funny when people go, did you guys, did you guys plan on having a third baby? We're like, well, yeah, we know how it works. Like we're adults. <laughs> we, we know how that process is. And I, and I get it. There's, there's a lot of subjects where people will always there's want to bring up yeah, the like, exceptions like, to the rule. Like, like rape. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And, 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 and I, I'm, I, that one's, that's a tough Well, we know people also that have had, uh, you know, at the risk of the mother dying. That's right. Um, and, and again, guys, if it's a form, but it's, here's the difference. There's a form of birth control. It, I believe in the woman's right to choose, but I also believe in her right to choose to keep her legs shut or to take contraceptive measures or like, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Why can't we choose that? Why can't we choose that first? Well, Why are we choosing this as like plan A? Well, one, one of the biggest proponents going back to California is Governor Gavin Newsom. I mean, he's actually getting funding so people that are illegal aliens can come to the state to get their abort. Like, he's soliciting it. And and here's a guy who, look at his Wikipedia page. He he's he quotes, you know, he's went to Jesuit school. He, he quotes the Catholic faith as having such a huge impact on his life. You can't do one thing and say another. The same thing with Justin Trudeau. You can't say, I'm a Jesuit, I'm, I'm a Christian, and then legislate another way. And, and now look, these are the biggest things. You have a person right now for the Supreme Court, and, and the question was, when does life begin? And she goes, I refuse to answer that because I'm a legislator. And she goes, I have my own religion. Kind of insinuating that I might be, you know, a, a person of God in my right. personal life, but I'm not going to bring that to the bench. What do you think? Well, my you, question would be, what to. do you think God would say? when, you, If you met, if it was Judgment Day, and you think you say, hey, God, you know what? Hey, you know, personally, I didn't believe in abortion, but I legislated for for it. So I, I, I essentially opened the door and, and helped all these people kill your, your children. What <sighs> you think he's going to say? Well, you know what? You got a pretty good argument there. Yeah. You, you can't, can't yeah. separate can't, that. No, like, and I don't know how you separate that personally. Like, I couldn't do it. Right. You could say, look, I'll pay you, you know, $10 million a year, and I'll put you on the highest court in the land, or whatever you want to say, and I still couldn't go against my faith and my conscience. Yeah. I couldn't say, well, you know what? I don't believe in it, but I'll give it the thumbs up for everybody else. Well, it's hard because you sit here and you try to make that argument, like, that they were in quote-unquote, control of their own life and decision-making because, you know, to each in their own. But um, when you continually come into covenant and agreement uh, with anything that is blatantly um, against God, then then what actually are you doing? Because, you know, Scripture does tell us that we are, need to be responsible for the, the fall of other men and women. Like we need to be held accountable to them, and it's, it's tough. I mean, it's a hard. No, this hard, is. Let's just take a second. Hard here. section. Let's take a yeah. second because, I mean, there's no doubt that this is an emotional topic. There's, you know, and and we don't we don't have somebody here representing the other side, mm -hmm. you know, because I don't. Here's the thing: I don't even like to get into these things, you know. Like, why are we then? I I just feel like the the initial thing was. Really, if you look at the fall of Eden and we look at what's happening, I just can't help but seeing it as clear as day. My discernment is so sky high that we are being tempted by things that are so convenient and so fun and so great for the flesh. 
that it's it's really becoming harder and harder to have that discernment of the spirit. In other words, let's go back to Disney. It's it's tied to an emotion. You know, from a marketing standpoint, when people can tie something into an emotion mm-hmm. that you're sold. Yeah. You know, when we go shopping, like we go thrift shopping, and I say, "Whoa, I had one of those when I was five. I gotta buy it just because it's that emotion." Right, and so what we see is with deception, with technology, with not being able to discern even with our eyes and our ears what we see as truth because technology can do things subliminally, because technology can do things that pulls on our heartstrings, um, because technology can morph people's faces, what's happening is we can't continue to be on that word we use, cruise control. We have to be on such high alert. Nobody wants to be on high alert. Like, we don't want to wake up every day being on, like, oh, my God, I have to watch out for everything, and I have to be careful of everything, and I have to look at everything three times to be sure that I'm not being deceived. Think about that. I don't want to do that. That's not realistic. We want to wake up and enjoy our days. But let me ask you a question. There are people out there. There are powerful, strong people people, corporations, and things that are going to deceive you, that their goal is to deceive you. They have focus groups on how to deceive you. They have technology on how to deceive you. So if we're not going to step up our alertness and our discernment, then we will absolutely fall victim, and it will test us. Angelique, it will test us. From a man's standpoint, you look at things like pornography and you look at how easy it is to come right through your computer. Even if you open Instagram, yeah, it's right there. It, it may not be blatant, but it's there, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't like that before phones. There's always been illicit materials. There's always been some type of pornography, okay? But what's happening now, it's, it's there. And it's the devil right now is making his play. And he's saying it's so much harder to say no, and it's so much can, more convenient. And and you say, well, you know what? It's come on, it's Amazon. Is 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 Jeff Bezos really going to fail? Is Amazon is Amazon going to go under? Is like we've even said it. Like is is Disney going to feel it if David and Angelique Nori don't go to Disney? No. And so it, no, for, but we feel it exactly. We feel it. So for the convicted, yeah. For the convicted, here's the thing, my friends out there listening, it's not about whether Amazon feels it. It's not about whether Disney feels it. Right. It's not about whether the state of California Tourism Board feels it. I think collectively they because would. Because it's about the excuse that you use yeah. to justify contributing to it. That's right. That's okay? Right. And it's your conscious. I can't force you to do anything. And you know what? How about this? If if our friends were going on an awesome trip, like but we're going skiing, and I was like, yeah, you know what, I did I did say I you know I didn't agree with what was going on there, or our friends are going to Disney and our kids really want to go, and I I did say I wouldn't contribute anymore, or you know what, um, geez, the only way to get this is on Amazon, and I well I'll just make an exception because it's convenient or it's easy or it's fun, and and look at it's not just the package at your door, now it's the movies. It's Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. How often do we use Amazon Prime? You know what? That $240 million going to Planned Parenthood? Came from families. Came from families. Right. We have to remember that, you guys. And that's what I was trying to say when you said that, like, maybe they won't feel it. 
Maybe they will. But I do. I feel it. I, f- I feel it when I click buy now. I feel it when I step through the gates of Disney World knowing deep down inside that I don't agree with so much of what they're doing. Do you? Do you feel that? I'm not here to tell you how to live your life, how to parent your kid, how, you know, what to feel, what to think, you know, this is just our podcast, you know, it's just our podcast. It's where it's cathartic for us. It's it's an opportunity for us to, to share, to share thoughts, to have discussions, you know, to get feedback, um, to wake people up, to, you know, turn them off. You know, it happens. It happens. But at the end of the day, I, I feel convicted enough to where I'm willing to make decisions that aren't so convenient, that are going to be hard discussions between me and my children, that are going to be hard dis- discussions with me and Dave. Hey, listen, up until just now, Dave, how many years in a row have we argued about this around Disney World? Five. Five. And what was my stance on it? You didn't care. And I've always, I've always been the one to give in. You, you said, David, uh, you know, I know the kids aren't going to like it, but we have to take a stand. Not only, not only are they legis- trying to legislate against parents and schools and their right, but they're ripping people off. Like even oh, their yeah. fast pass is no longer free. They're charging for it. So you go there and, and, and their food is horrible. Th- it's we, expensive yeah, anyway. to get in. I mean, it is what it is. But here's the thing, you know, if we go to the, if we go to the word, what does the word say? Proverbs twenty four twelve. it's a huge part of my new book coming out. And, and think about this. Proverbs twenty four twelve says, if you say, but we knew nothing about this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who guards your life know it? Will he not repay everyone according to what they have done? I mean, I know everybody wants the a la carte God, the benevolent, all, all for, I mean, and, and God is a forgiving. I have to be very careful here. You know, God is a forgiving God. He is a loving God. He always tries, even the most rebellious people, he's always trying to win our hearts back. But you can't fool him. If you believe in a supernatural God, an all-powerful God that made you and made the universe, here's the thing. Some people don't believe that, and that's fine. But if you call yourself a Christian and you believe in a supernatural God that made you and made the universe, then you would have to believe that you can't fool him. If he knows every hair on your head, if he formed you in your mother's womb and all your days were numbered, then you can't say, I'm going to trick this guy. Right. Proverbs 24, 12. Okay, if we go back to the same thing, Matthew, uh, it's repeated in, in Matthew, right? Many people call him Lord, but he doesn't know them and calls them workers of iniquity. Okay? What we have to do is realize we cannot kid ourselves. And more importantly, we cannot pull one over on God. And we're always trying we're always trying to improve as people. We try and improve our business. We go through self-development. We, I try and become a better husband, a better father. We try and have a better body. So we always want to try and be better. But in the one category that has the most weight and the most significance, we have to try and get closer to God. Everyone, he says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a... Rock. Rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had as a foundation its rock. I'll be very honest with you guys right now. 
my flesh was extremely weak for most of my life. I mean, I was a good person, I don't but my flesh was weak in all the areas that flesh can be weak. Okay? My foundation was weak. Everybody will have an opportunity to encounter and know the Lord. If we are not passionate about it, we being Angelique and myself, the body of Christ, the body of Christ, believers, yeah. if, if we are not more passionate about it and we don't start living according to the things that we say, and in cancel culture, especially for you Christians out there, mm-hmm. it's a big part of the book. In cancel culture, especially for you Christians out there, they're waiting. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Mess up once. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Say something. And let me find something in your past that's incongruent with that. Mm-hmm. We're going to cancel and you. the internet is forever. Everybody else gets a free pass because yeah. it doesn't matter. Christians, you're held to a higher standard. So the first thing you do, my friends, in the body of Christ is you let people know, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. Yeah. Right up front. That's what enough people aren't doing. Take the stinger out, the, you know, the log out of your eye. Because we can come off holier as thou, and I know this. This is one of those things where I've said repeatedly, I don't want to beat people over the head with a Bible, and I certainly would never say that I am perfect. I would never say that I am better than somebody. I would never say that I am not a sinner. That's the very first step. How are you saved? What are the steps to being saved? Uh, confess, repent. Be baptized. Say it again. Confess, repent, and be baptized. Confess. I've done horrible things. Mm-hmm. I've sinned. Mm-hmm. Even now, the smaller sins, they're still still sinning, you know? Whether it's the words that come out of my mouth, whether it's the actions, the thoughts, right? But we have a barometer and, now because... And by confess, I not, not only mean confess your sins, but also confess the Lord is the Lord of your life, your, your Savior and of yeah. Jesus Christ. Repent of your sin. This is huge. I'm not talking about just generational repentance or even a, a repentance of your past. I'm talking about, did you repent today? Did you repent of what you said to your spouse? Did you repent of how you handled a situation with your kids? Did you repent of how, how you've you know, conducted business? Are you repenting of those things? It's a daily walk to pick up your cross. Mm-hmm. Daily walk and be baptized in the name of Jesus. It, it, repentance. This says in the in the Bible, the biblical concept of repentance is is so much more than saying you're sorry. To repent, wrap your hands around this, wrap your minds around this. To repent means to rearrange your entire way of thinking, feeling, and being in order to forsake that which is wrong. You know, like you, you can't just say I'm sorry. And, and geez, I'm going to get myself into trouble here. <laughs> I went to confession a lot as I was, you know, there's a tremendous amount of guilt, and you go to confession. And I, and I believe you confess your sins, but I believe you confess your sins to the Lord. I believe you confess your sins to, you know, someone you've wronged. But here's the thing. You can go into confession and say you're sorry, but if you're not, is it, is it really repentance? Right. So you have to rearrange your entire way of thinking. Does that mean like if I say right now, I God, I'm I I am sorry for I've cursed. Let's just take cursing. I've tried to 
tame my tongue. You know, when I first met you, I talked like a trucker. And Angelique would always try and correct me. And I would get mad at her. I'm like, just, just the way I talk, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And then I learned over and over again, it is a big deal. Mm-hmm. It is a big deal. Well, that's the difference, be, you know, when you're walking with the Lord, things are, you're, I shouldn't have to convict you. When you're truly walking with the Lord, he convicts you for me. <laughs> and, and so I have to try and rearrange that way of thinking and feeling. Some of the some of the biggest sins we do every day. When I talk about being a sinner, some of the biggest sins are ones we do every day that we don't think about. You know, uh, jealousy, contempt, envy, mm-hmm. things like this we do every day without even thinking about. It. I, I jealous today, envious today, contemptuous today. Social media isn't helping that. <laughs> Tell me about it. You know, and so here's the thing: the thing about walking with the Lord is you start to catch yourself. Sometimes you catch yourself in the act. Here's the th- okay, it's three parts. Sometimes you catch yourself afterward. You're like, you recognize, you're like, mm, I just cussed, or mm, I was just envious. I'm sorry, God. And you literally say it right then. I'm sorry, I should have done that. That was dumb of me, right? Whether you say it out loud or you say it to somebody or you say it in your heart, you just recognize it. Sometimes you say it in the act. Like you can literally be maybe, you know, getting angry at your spouse or your child, or you can literally be like, you know, uh, cussing or or just be in the state of judging somebody with envy or contempt and you catch yourself in the middle mm-hmm. as it's happening boom great oh my god i'm not supposed to do this i i know i've tried to do better at this and then it comes to the part where you're just better at avoiding it and that's what a walk with god means that's what a walk yeah. in faith means nobody's perfect you know we have we have people that we know that went to prison we have people that we know have done awful things and people always say, well, so they could still get into the kingdom. Absolutely, if they're yeah. sorry in their heart. But we're talking about for you in your walk every day to make your family better, to make your business better, to make you a better, happier person, a more fulfilled life. What I'm saying is you catch it after it happens, then you start to catch it while it's happening, and then eventually you get to the point where you're avoiding the sin at all. Mm-hmm. That's a walk. Right. Well, you're, you're catching yourself prior to. You recover faster. You recognize and recover so much faster to the point where then eventually it's like it just has been taken away from you. You know, there's many people I'm sure that are listening that used to struggle with a certain addiction or a certain habit or or whatever. And the continual picking up their cross and repenting from it. And then one day all of a sudden she's like, you know what? I just don't want that anymore. I just don't do that anymore. And you're like, wow, that was the Lord really took that from me. Um, but it was it was a. You know, some sometimes it's a daily pickup of your cross. Sometimes it's instantaneous. Sometimes it's, you know, the process. Sometimes it's instantaneous. It all depends. But the goal is, is when you're walking with Christ, is, again, you see these things faster. You discern them quicker. You course correct right away. Um, you know, you recover by repenting. And it's just something that we have to be aware of. And we just live so much more of a fruitful, uh, a fruitful life, you know, well, what we talk about the fruitful life, you know, like we are we are being enticed. Uh, the number one thing right now is division, okay? The powers that be, the earthly powers that be. Here's the thing. We just watched the thing about uh, the Kennedy assassination because we were there, and we watched the thing about the government, and what happens is they were saying the government and the mafia, what they do is they bet on both sides. Remember this? 
Yes. They bet on both sides. That way they always win. They're always winning. And so right now, it's exactly what's happening. They're betting on both sides. And you know how they win? By us being polarizing. That's right. Now, here's the... Oof. Hold on a second. Uh Hold on a second. Don't mix up my words. They win when we're polarizing. Okay, I've tried not to be polarized, but that doesn't mean that whatever's clever. That doesn't mean whatever you say. I still will stand firm if it applies to the book and the word and the law. That we cannot bend on. Right. So if someone says, oh, well, you just said you wouldn't be polarizing, but I believe in this. I'm like, well, let's check it. Let's see what it says. What does yeah. the word say about that? And we can't, we can't be willing. We can't not be willing to be wrong or corrected. But you have to ask where's the correction coming from. Because there's been plenty of times where I think that you and I have maybe taken a stance on something or a thought we were from, and then all of a sudden we're like, wow, the Lord really dealt with me on that. Yeah. You know? And it, and it came scripturally. You're like, whew, maybe I misinterpreted that one. Or maybe, you know, maybe that's, that's more of an open-handed discussion than I was handling. So we have opportunities, again, to... To always repent. Ooh. That's part of repentance. Oh, you're going to, well, you know, there are great minds. There are great theologians. Um, we just talked about Ravi Zachariah the other night. You know, he, he was a great apologetic and, and knew the Bible so well, but yet he had demons. Yeah, he did. And, and, you know, we thought, think to ourselves, gosh, does that ruin his work? Does that ruin Christianity? We know people who who would love to point fingers and say, "See, here's a guy that preaching the gospel. He right. knew the Bible better than anyone. Look what he's living his life." That's another trick. Okay, we don't know if at the last minute he repented for those things. Remember, you are tempted on this earth. He might have been fighting demons, but when we talk about how we started this, let's end it with something that you're going to love. I go to Charles Spurgeon. He's such a great uh, a great Christian philosopher. When we talk about the convenience, when we talk about the fun, when we talk about the beauty of things that entice us and how hard it is to say no and and how the devil knows this, right? Charles Spurgeon says this. Watch constantly against those things which are thought to be no temptations. The most poisonous serpents are found where the sweetest flowers grow. Whoa. Wow. Wow. The most poisonous serpents are found where the sweetest flowers grow. Let me ask you a question. What does some of the landscaping look like at the entrance to the Magic Kingdom? Oh, it's it's just the sweetest, most beautiful, colorful flower arrangements, that, you know, shaped in Mickey Mouse, for crying out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the some of the most beautiful beaches you've ever been on. Mhm. Well, the most the most poisonous serpents are found where the sweetest flowers grow. Watch constantly against those things which are thought to be no temptation. Yeah. It's not going to be obvious. Yeah. It's not. And and again, I want you guys and I want us, Ange, I want us to be able to live a life where we're not constantly on high alert. Yeah. And let's let's be honest. Some people are, are that way, and, and you don't like to be around them. And at, at one point, we get to the point where we're like, okay, can, we have to be able to live. Right. Well, let's put it this way. is Does, <laughs> does buying Amazon 
Is that a salvation issue? No. Do, if going does going to Disney World stop you from getting to heaven? No. Living in <laughs> California, you won't be able to get through the pearly gates. No. That's not what we're saying here. That is not what we're saying here. What we're saying is is that through discernment, we have to remember that sometimes we continually come into covenant and agreement with things by tolerating the enemy's lies. And we tolerate them so much that it minces our truth. And then our truth, which is not my truth or David's truth or your truth, it is the truth. And that's where we lose. We start to lose ground. And when he, when the enemy wins a battle, he starts to gain on the war. And that's what we don't want to happen. Good so point. we have got to win the war by winning small battles. And those small battles are won when we take a stand. There are small battles are won when we don't continually put ourselves in the line of fire that that penetrate the walls of our home teams. You mm, know? Yeah. Home team through uh, going to Disney World. Home team through buying things through Amazon. Home team like through accepting certain policies that then infiltrate into the schools and the minds of your children. These are the things that we have to remember. That's where we win the battle so that we can win the war. But it's not a salvation issue. It doesn't mean you can't live your life. It doesn't mean you can't have fun or enjoy certain things. If that's part, you know, look, I'm not here to preach that to you. What I'm just saying is that we have to be aware. And let's be honest. I am not going to sit on here if I can't create a solution for you. Right? So, I'm, I'm constantly looking for solutions to replace the things and the habits that I have gained through utilizing Amazon. We are creating solutions for our family that replace the memories that we're trying to, that we tried to create or hold on to in Disney World. Disney didn't give us those memories. We created those memories. We created those experiences. It wasn't Fort Wilderness. Okay, cool. We had a camper. So what? You can camp anywhere else in the country. We have to remember that we're holding on to things that are man-made and tangible through conveniences or ideal ideas or traditions. And the fact that it's become part of our quote unquote lifestyle. BS, man. There are so many things that you can do to be about solutions and not about the problem. And I'm not about problems. I can't sit around and talk about problems and not offer you a solution. I can offer you solutions, plenty of them, because that's my goal is to create sustainable replacements for the things that are going to continue to keep my life turned on and the life of my family turned on. I love love what you said right there. I mean, here's the thing, you know, I am emotional and you are so level headed and, and you are righteous. You, you, you can give a righteous argument where sometimes I lose it and I, and I, and I don't, (laughs) but you know, when we're talking about temptation and we're talking about those things, you know, let's finish this Spurgeon quote. He says, if you tell me when God permits a Christian to lay aside his armor, I'll tell you when Satan has left off temptation. Yeah. You know, in other he words, never does. God never says lay down your armor and, no. and everything, you know, he's, you keep it up, you know, yeah. always be what? Sober minded. Cause the enemy is lurking. Yeah. And, and he says, you think there's a time when you can lay down as if Satan will say, well, I'm taking today off. Don't worry about it. Hey, evil doesn't take a day off. Even, even in the practical sense of like in, in, in its earthly form, the people that are doing business, you know, with greed in mind, they're not taking a day off. They're not. And I'm glad you mentioned that because we always think, oh, it's, it's the worst. Of the, we're, we're talking about everyday things. Yeah, we're talking totally. about, you know, we're talking about the men in collared shirts with clean shaven uh, faces who are making these decisions no in boardrooms. No one's taking a day off there. 
No, that's where the, that's where the devil is today. You know how they always said good guys finish last. Well, the reason sometimes the reason why is because we're taking days off. Yeah. Don't take a day off. Oh. Don't don't rest on your laurels. Yeah. Don't turn a blind eye. Stay turned on. Hey guys, if you like that and it resonates with you, please share it. Please share it and make a decision. We talk about this in the turned on method. We're leading people through this right now. Make a decision. It's part of the. It's part of the. Uh, the first four things that we do. First four things. D E A R. Decide. Number one thing is to decide. Make a decision. Those that waver are those that lose. Don't waver. We don't waver when when we are on the side of God. We can't. So make a decision. And then create the right environment. That's the E. Act on that. And then reflect, respond, and, and rest knowing that you're doing the right thing or that you need to course correct and repent to, to correct your, your steps. Mm. My friends, I hope these words have landed in your heart, on your heart, and resonate with your spirit. And we're doing our best to bring you real talk here. We're doing our best to respect people, but at the same time speak truth, you know? And we pray for each one of you out there that your walk takes a step closer to God and, and your walk in your life helps you embrace your family, embrace your spouse, embrace even your enemies and, and really makes a different in cha- difference in changing the world. So please stay tuned to the Turn Odd podcast. We love coming here. We hope you share this and we'll see you next time.